don't take no mess at the rose garden. Jesus, they're on fire. They're what we desire. The men in black can handle it. Other teams can scrabble it. How they win that game today. There's just one thing you can say. How does somebody shoot that three? Believe me, it ain't easy. Let's move on. This is going to get interesting now. So. We're moving a little bit away from the Dame stuff, although, again, it's obviously related to the Dame stuff. Question number four on the survey is, how would you rate the performance of Joe Cronin? 18.4% 18, 18. said good. 56.7% said fair. 18.7% said poor. And then a small sliver that doesn't have a number said should be fired. So still, you know, for as much heat as he's taken publicly over the last couple of months between not doing what he said during the season that he was going to do and go all in and then you know a lot of you know people in Miami are like making it seem like he's being irresponsible by not negotiating with you know a team that doesn't really have much to trade for him like people here I mean people in this survey still kind of aren't out on him which I thought was interesting yeah I mean I think it's um it's kind of a combo there, you know, right? Like he, he doesn't appear that he's on the outs at all. The ownership thing is whether it's Burt Cold or Jody, like it just, I don't think they're really doing much uh, until they end up selling the team ultimately. So it's like if the continuity is going to stay, I, you know, I voted on this one and I was trying to be as honest as I possibly could. I voted poor and, okay. and like, I, I don't think fired should be an option for anybody. I don't even know what the percentage of that one was for people. It was less than 10, which is why it doesn't even have a number next to it. Okay. Yeah. No, I I voted poor and I I understand the fair perspective. Like he, he had to untangle the mess. There's that's not simping for a team. That's not simping for a person. That's the reality of their situation. They gave out multiple contracts. One of which was egregious to a guy that's never made an all-star game. He had to move him. And, you know, I, the, the crowd that's like, yeah, and moved him for nothing. It's like, don't you think if teams really wanted that guy in that contract, that trade would have presented itself a little better than here's this guy paired with that guy. Please take the contract off our hands. Uh, and it wasn't. And by the way, the team that guy played for needed him to lead him last year. And whether injury or not, they came short. So I, I just... I understand kind of the unraveling of things. I think mm-hmm. where I voted poor was, man, did you swing and you swing hard and miss on your mid-level last year. I mean, just one of the worst, one of literally the worst all-time signings by the franchise. I would agree with ever. That. Um, not capitalizing in the trade market in other, you know, capacity. And then the whole, like, we're going to go all in. And, you know, Dame obviously believed that too. And, however you feel about ant, like the idea that you had this young 23 year old asset that might be really coveted and get you even more. And none of it happening using the third pick using the rest of your first round pick. I I have no choice, but to vote poor. He came in with a barely playoff team, some things out of his control, but they've had back-to-back years of tanking and just hitting the youth button while telling us they're going to go veteran and contentious or contending, excuse me, status. Uh, so I voted poor here just because I think that's the fairest response. I think fair is probably where I would land just because I obviously they're in the position that they're in right now, so it's pretty hard to call it good. Right. But I also, 
again, the stuff that you, you know, you want to talk about as far as like a lot of what he's had to do is untangling, you know, what the previous guy had kind of gotten them into. And he has to a large extent been able to do that. So I would land somewhere in the middle. I think fair is probably where I would land on that one. Uh, Question number five. Real quick. I think the other part of that too, for me was uh, I understand why you, you know, you got to spend money. You got to get certain caliber of player. I, I get it. Right. I, I kind of always have felt like paid a little high for Jeremy and it, the one that really bothered me a year ago, and it still kind of bothers me now is like this idea that you had to give four years guaranteed to Yusuf Nurkic was right. outrageous. If this was any other franchise and general manager doing that to that kind of caliber of player, I think people would be lighting him up. And you know what, until I see the big guy moved, I will continue the opinion we know that was a bad deal because they've tried to trade him and nobody wants to take that contract yet. So that was another part of it. It's not only the Gary Payton stuff. I thought the use of Nurkic contract was atrocious. And look, I don't think he's going to spend most of the career from the contract here, but you paid a couple dollars more than you needed to for Jeremy Grant. Well, we're going to get to the Jeremy thing. I don't disagree with any of the rest of that. Question number five. Do you think Joe Cronin should have traded Scoot Henderson in order to build a more win-now product? Uh, This is also kind of a surprising answer. Uh, 18.4% said, yes, Lillard should have been top priority. 81.6% said, no, Henderson is too good of a talent to pass up. Mm -hmm. So I thought that was real interesting, considering Mm -hmm. the... You know, what you read online and from, like, different, you know, fans about, like, oh, man, they blew it by not using the pick. And it's like, now if you look at this survey, an overwhelming majority of people think that that was actually the right thing to do is using the pick. Well, I think there's a couple things at play there. One, you you can't (laughs) – Pandora's box was opened, man. Like, you drafted the player. It was the same position as the veteran. And then you got to watch the player in summer league. You got to watch highlights from practices. And like, what are fans supposed to think? You can't watch what that kid does and go, yeah, I'm not interested. Like, I get it. The appeal of the new shiny toy is always there for fans, right? Like this happens all the time. He's he, I, I'm all in, by the way. I think he can win rookie of the year. Oh, I think I'm Scoot's going to be awesome. Is he ever going to be as good yeah. as Dame? Probably not because Dame's a top 75 player of all time. But like, yeah. I don't think anyone thinks Scoot isn't going to be awesome. Right. Uh, well, there's varying degrees of it, too. There's people who are like, oh, I don't think he's going to be as good as he's hyped. And I, I think he's going to be the real deal. But to your overall point, like as good as Dame, that's that's a tough bar to, to hit. I voted for the first one, though. I'm the 18 percent here. Um, again, love Scoot. Excited for him, Shaden, what this season's going to be, the next couple years, all that. I know what Damian Lillard is. I know how good Damian Lillard is. I know how deadly Damian Lillard can be. And I'm just one of those guys that, like, as hard as it is in the moment, I would have preferred to trade the third pick and get actual good working parts or actually try trades because I see this all the time. Like, no, 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 they tried. Well, you can try a deal that you know somebody's going to say no to. I don't know if that classifies as try. I thought they would use that pick the whole time and ended up being maybe the worst thing was that they got to three because you get to three and it's like organizationally you go, uh, we don't get these opportunities and there's these kind of players. Like you kind of have to do it. Whereas a lot of people were convinced they were going to trade it. So I know it's hard to say now and I could people could point this out in a year and go, you're an idiot. But I voted for trade it. I, I just I know what the known is versus we're falling in love with the unknown so far. 
Well, this kind of leads into question number six, which I think ties right back to that. And the question is, do you feel misled by Joe Cronin's public statements about aggressively building a winner around Damian Lillard? Uh, and, and, and it was 20.3% uh, said yes, 27% said no, and 52.7% said, and this is probably where I would land too, yes, but I understand why he pivoted after moving up to the number three pick. And this is something I've kind of been saying really since this whole thing happened. I think the game, I don't, I don't, I mean, there's this, there's this kind of thought, you know, that like, oh, Joe Cronin lied to Dame and this was like a secret plot that he had because he wanted him to ask for a trade. He wanted to push him out like as the, like, yeah, I'm sure ownership would love to trade Dame, the guy that sold tickets. Like that, that does, that's never made sense to me, that theory that there has kind of been out there from some of the more, uh, vocal online portions of the fan base. What I, I mean, what I've kind of been saying the whole time is everything changed when they moved up to three. Cause like if they had stayed at five in the lottery or moved down even to six or seven, and you're talking about trading like Jairus Walker or Anthony black, or one of these other guys that was available at one of those picks, like you can talk yourself into that. Like you can say, okay, this guy might end up being good, but if we can get like Pascal Siakam or whatever, then that's, you know, that, that, that's still a good trade-off. Once the pick moves up to three, especially when Charlotte takes Brandon Miller at two, and the pick is scoot, it's like, no, you can't trade this pick for, like, Brandon Ingram or something. Like, you can't. Well, I yeah, that's the thing is, like, I do get it. I absolutely do. I remember right. we did, me and Danny did a, a live draft lottery party, and, you know, fans are all around. Everybody's getting, you know, liquored up and excited and, you know, happy and, and they go to three, and I remember we were all like, holy crap, they moved up. And we had talked about, like, oh, could you get a Jalen Brown? Could you get a, I don't know, insert, you know, a Zion or whatever it was in that moment. And then I remember texting with a mutual friend of ours who's a national NBA uh, scribe, uh -huh. and he's very familiar with Portland, and he basically was like, they're using this pick. And I was just like, <laughs> you don't think they'll trade it? And he was like, oh, no. Bert's still there. Bert's best buddy, Paul Allen, who loved the draft more than that guy. Like, of course they're going to use this pick. It's in their DNA as an organization. And at that point, I had just, I like, I pivoted. I, I didn't have a lot of faith they would trade it. I lost all the faith they were going to trade the second first-round pick, and they went and got Chris Murray. I, I think the thing about this, though, and, and this is maybe where we kind of split on the road, Sean. Uh-huh. I, I, it's, it's logical. It makes sense. It's probably, I'm admitting the right thing to do, but where we might diverge is I know again, what Dame is. I would have loved to have watched Brandon Ingram with Damian Lillard. Now, does that win you the title? I do. Probably not, but you know what? Shaden and Scoot probably don't win you the championship either. They're two East coast root dudes. Like we don't know if they're going to be loyal the way Dame was. So we're both dealing in unknowns a bit. Yours is just more logical. I was one of those sick, sick, weird people that like, I just such a fan of his game that I just wanted him for two, three seasons, even though he's aging, get a shot with a real effing player. That's kind of just where my position was. And again, I'm acknowledging you're the right one here in almost every scenario, but I was a weird sicko that was like, <laughs> I mean, Scoot's going to be good. I'm sure. But Brandon Ingram. 25 26 points a game and he's six what six nine six eight six ten whatever the hell he is and dame hasn't had a player like that so i, I kind of was still on that side even though logically them keeping the pick and drafting scoot made sense
Yeah, I don't begrudge anybody feeling the other way. I can. This is definitely like an I can see both sides situation, but I also like I can see why. And this isn't even necessarily where I land on this. Like I like I I I'm, I kind of go more the way you do of like you know when you have a guy as good as Dame, you do everything you can to win with him. But I also like I can understand why they looked at Scoot and were like, especially you know with the new CBA with how oh, yeah. restrictive it is, like. Yeah, as far as like the top of the salary, where it's like if you if you trade for you know Pascal Siakam and then you have to max him in a year, and you're paying Dame, Jeremy, and Siakam, and then you're basically the rest of your roster is going to be like Phoenix's, where it's like all vet min guys. Like I understand why they went the way that they went. I think the mistake that they went that they made in this whole process, and I think if you I haven't talked to Joe about this, but I think if you know you talk to Joe about it after all this has kind of you know blown over or whatever. I think he went a little too hard publicly about, you know, we're going to push all our chips in and build around. Like, I think not only because then that's going to get thrown back in his face when he doesn't, you know, deliver on that, but also I think it killed their leverage because the whole league now suddenly knows, like, oh, he is desperate to get a player to put around Dame and, you know, get win now, guys. So we're going to ask for everything. And because we know that if he doesn't say yes to it, then he's going to lose Dame because Dame's not going to be happy. Yeah. No, I I think you're you're hitting the nail right on the head. I don't really have much to add because I think I think you're summing it up very well. And look, that's you know, if, I don't know how long he'll be the general manager, right? But like, I think those are learning those are learning moments. Those are points of a career where you go, ah, probably shouldn't have done that, right? Like, I think he was so, and I'm I'm speculating, guessing here again. I I'm kind of with you. I haven't talked to Joe in months. Um, I think he was so worried slash upset by the way the gp2 thing went because that seemed like a player on paper that would make sense for them given you know where their weaknesses were and then it just i still i subscribe to the dumbest conspiracy theory that myers and golden state said go get the bag we'll find a way to get you back i know that's ridiculous but like he didn't (laughs) i don't think that's really a crazy conspiracy theory well, I mean, they didn't, yeah, they didn't have that cap space because they still had Wiseman and like, I don't know, he just didn't seem to ever want to be a blazer. And so like, I can't help but run with dumb theories, but I, I think haven't, overall, I haven't ever written like a lot of the GP2 stuff, but I'll yeah. just say that uh, after the trade deadline, um, a lot of players on the team, including Dame, posted like big, you know, farewell, my brother, Josh Hart, you know, you're one of my favorite teammates. I'm going to miss you. Not one of them said a word about Gary Payton. Yeah, I just that that I don't I don't think that's a coincidence. That's that's all I that's all I really. You've been hey you and you and Gundy man the the third eye was open there and I think you were reading that correctly. And I so loved I think, it, man. I yeah, was, I was there every day. I saw I saw it. I just I think Sean he did that because you know he kind of had egg on his face, man. Like hey, the mid level guy just signed literally doesn't want to be here, and I have to take second round picks to get rid of him. And you know, and like, by the way, then once once I do that, uh, the team that trades for him is going to try to act like our medical staff was acting, <laughs> uh, you know, in bad faith. When then you know, then 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 you know, two months later they dropped the complaint. Like, but nobody covered that. But like, <laughs> wild. And by the way, who's who's uh, Gary Payton's agent, and who was like a lot of the driving force behind uh, that signing? Yeah. Yeah, it, a lot of it was his. Well, is his dad's agent, right? So mm-hmm. it's like, uh, and who well, and who else's agent is that? Exactly. Mm-hmm. The letter O. I just um, thought it was, I just, I don't know. It's like, I do, I do think a lot of this is like learning experience stuff for Joe. I think, yeah. again, he has not, 
He has not... I, I think he's handled everything since the trade request exactly the way he should have handled it. I don't think he handled the last year well before that. I think the trade deadline press conference, some of the end of the season press conference, like the chips in the middle and all that stuff, mm-hmm. and then... The draft. I mean, the, I the, there was no other takeaway from the, the draft, draft night thing was a disaster. That was at, that was not the same level as Water Bottle Gate, um, but like it was all time. Like I'll never forget the tone, awkward, not like kind of lying, but like or misleading. However you want to phrase that, it was just a weird vibe that night. It was weird. I, I mean, I, I mean, I was there. I was in the building, and it was one of those. I think the way I wrote it was, you know. They had a, you know, on paper, objectively, they had a great draft because they got yeah. Scoot, who most people thought was the second best player in the draft besides Wemby. They got, um, you know, Chris Murray, who most people thought was a pretty good pick at 20. Like, they had a good draft if you look at, like, just who they drafted. But then that night, nobody was excited about it because everybody was just like, uh, they didn't trade the pick? Does this mean Dame's gonna, you know, react a certain way to it? Like, yeah. uh... So let's 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 move on here. So question number seven, and this is going to be an interesting one. I want to get your thoughts on this. Is Chauncey Billups the right head coach for the Blazers? Seven point three percent of respondents to the athletic survey said yes. Forty seven point seven percent said no. Forty five percent said undecided, too early to tell. Uh, yes and no, people. Please step up. Show your work. <laughs> there's no other answer here but undecided like you can point to maybe some rotational things or i don't know clock sure. timeout strategies review I, whatever they're not com- it's not a complete answer and that i think that's the that's one of the more wild things storyline wise of the team right it's the future of the dame trade who's gonna how is the rotation with scoot and shaden working all that stuff this is just sitting there and i feel like largely being untalked about today it's going to be year three, and not a soul can tell me with the most confidence whether this guy can coach or not coach. Can he be liked by the players? I mean, duh. He's an NBA yeah. champion point guard. Guys that's, like him. That's that's the one thing that's like yeah. for sure that you can say definitively is that guys like him. Cool. That, that does nothing for actually winning basketball games. Right. Uh, so, like... I, I just, he's been put in two straight tank jobs and the complaining about whatever he's doing wrong to people is, oh, so you're mad when they're purposely losing games and he's not playing a certain guy five more minutes a night or the other way, when you say yes, it's like you're convinced because he's a good coach because the players like him and he started 10 and four. Like you, neither of, neither of those sides have anything to point to with concrete evidence. Show your work. This is an easy answer. This is an undecided, which is terrifying to say going into the third year of a five-year contract. They need to have an answer one way or the other at the end of this year. Because I totally, like, I totally get it when you look at each of these two first two seasons in a vacuum. The first year, they hire him, which that was a whole thing, obviously. And then, like, right at the beginning of the season, the GM that hired him gets fired and the new guy takes over. And then Dame gets shut down and then they tear it down and trade everybody at the deadline. Fine, throw that year out. You can't really judge him on that. And then year two, he, yet at the beginning of the year on paper, has a better team, and they start off the year hot, and then, you know, guys start getting hurt, things kind of fall apart, and then after the deadline, they trade everybody again and, you know, shut everybody down and tank, and, you know, you can say, well, you can't really draw too much from that. Like, to me, at a certain point, like, I'm sympathetic to all of that, but, like, 
this is the NBA. Like, nobody's circumstances are ever going to be perfect. And I feel like whatever the case is this year, whether, like, let's say, like, the, the unlikely scenario happens where, like, Dame is still on the team and he's still playing and they're good. And, like, you know, him and Scoot work together and, like, they somehow make the playoffs. I don't think that's going to happen. But, like, let's say that happens. Then suddenly, oh, Chauncey actually is a good coach and he put it together in year three. Or, you know, go the other way and, you know, let's say they do trade Dame and it's a totally, you know, rebuilding year from jump. Mm-hmm. is our guys getting better? Are guys, you know, playing a certain way that he wants? Like, we can't we can't be sitting here a year from now saying we still don't know if this guy's a good coach. At, at that at that point, if we're if we're three years in and saying like like the first two years, like fine, you know, we explain the circumstances, whatever, I get all that. If we're still three years, if 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 we've had three full seasons with him and we're still sitting here talking about. Uh, you know, we just don't know if he's a good coach because the circumstances have been haven't been great. Like that's kind of answers the question for you. I think the hard thing for me too with him is like, even if you lean one way or the other, like leaning is fine. If you think he's not going to be an amazing coach, okay, all right. But like, it's it's being so confident in a yes or no for me that I just I, I kind of naturally push back. Mm-hmm. I think the tough thing is it's such. It's such a roster dependent position, you know, like we, we saw what Spolstra and Kerr and, you know, them did as coaches, right? It's, it's, it's stuck out. We have concrete evidence of certain guys. Whereas like, there are still guys going around the league that like, I don't know if people would say, yeah, great coach. Okay. Coach overrated coach. And that is what lends itself to roster. And I, I'm I'm with you 100%. They have to have an answer on this. Like, if you tank again, which they clearly are to me, and they're trying to covet these assets, going into year four, I just, and still trying to sell us if he is versus like some arguing he isn't or being undecided, I, that's not a spot you want to be in, man, because you're going to have to make a decision on his future relatively soon. And how do you do that if you don't have concrete answer one way or the other so question number eight this is also one that i'm interested to get your thoughts on and i think i kind of know which way you're going to go on this uh what is your interest level in the 2023-24 season and in the athletic survey 52.9 percent said excited about the young players 30 percent said not high bracing for another tank job 12.6 percent said cautiously optimistic and then small slivers of it said only interested if Lillard returns or no longer hmm. interested. Which one do you think I voted for? Excited about the young players. I am excited about the young players. I voted not interested. Another tank job's coming. I, and let me balance this, okay? Because I know this is kind of hypocritical in some ways. Um, you know, I do a pod with Danny and we're all kind of chatting and you and Danny see each other all the time. And you and I will text once in a while. Like we're all kind of in this circle together and uh-huh. I will watch mainly because, well, it's a job for me. And then also like, I, I just love basketball, but I, I tried to answer this from a fan perspective. And if I took my media hat off and I love football, like I love college football. I love the NFL. We talk about that on sports radio. It's King until after Christmas. I, I've got to be honest with you, man. Like, this is the organization doing again what it, you know, they, they don't want to do this. And then here they are doing it again. Uh, they, they wasted a window. And as good as Scoot could be and as promising as maybe Shaden shows, 
Uh, I think a lot of it, by the way, hinges on him. He, he's got to take a step this year and make people really like feel that he's going to be this quote-unquote baby Kobe thing. I get why I don't think a lot of people are actually going to watch most of these games, and I will be fascinated by the attendance of this team. I don't think it's going to be very good. I, 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 and I don't think that means people are out on Scoot or Shaden. I just think it's like it's an organization that's now milking you for more money. Their t- ticket prices are going up and concessions are super expensive. And what am I paying for to watch us get waxed by 20 and maybe Scoot plays or maybe he doesn't or who, what's Dame doing or and is Ant the starting point guard and Scoot's off the bench? Like that's just such a weird thing too. It's not – if we were to remove ourselves, Sean, it's not interesting. In fact, it's actually a slap in the face to the fan base of like – Hey, sign back up for our tank job 2023-2024 where we deny we're tanking, but all the evidence will suggest that we covet a top five pick next year. So I am excited for the young guys. I am, and I will watch, but I like try to vote without the media hat on, and I, it's a tank job. It's clearly a tank job. Right. I mean, I think if I were looking at it just purely from a fan perspective, I'd probably land the same way. I'm pretty, as a reporter, as a beat writer, I'm pretty excited for the season no matter what happens. Just A, sure. because I'm just, I've been bored this sure. summer without, you know, a team to cover, but also just, you know, I'm excited to, like, because, you know, a lot of this is, like, for me, it's the, it's not so much, like, how's the team doing? It's a lot more of, like, the reporting stuff and, like, the stories I want to do. And I'm just, like, I'm excited to get to know Scoot. I'm excited to see what Shaden does, you know, in year two, like you said. Uh, you know, I'm I like I'm already like thinking about like story ideas I've got. So from I, I it's so I've been doing this professionally for so long that it's like it's hard yeah. for me to separate. Like I'm always excited for the season to start, so I it's hard for me to really give an honest answer on that one. I think I know how this next one is going to go. Can, can uh, I can I add real quick, Sean? Because like I I know I'm on your podcast and like we text and you know I consider you a friend in the industry. Sure. Yeah. Objectively though, like just telling you as a consumer of your content and fan of the team. I, I am I think you are gonna be able to get me through a lot of like oh they've lost eight of their last 12 game stretches that are just terrible and you know like oh the next five they're probably gonna lose two I think your story ideas are going to help drive and save the season for a lot of people so to what you just said I, I'm super excited to see some of those ideas to see what you're kind of learning about these young players because I'm not at practice. I'm not at games. I can't go to games with my job. You are kind of my tunnel into how I feel like I can identify the organization at this point. Well, that's very nice of you to say. I appreciate that. Uh, Moving on to question number nine. And I, you know, I think I know how this one's going to go. Which player are you the most excited to watch next season? And the only two that I think are really worth like, you know, the, the only two that have an actual number next to the percentage on this thing uh, were 68.1% for Scoot Henderson, mm. 24.6% for Shade and Sharp, and then there's like five or six other guys that they name in the poll that got small enough numbers of votes for it to like not register. But it's really those two. So this is where my buddy Jason Quick, I would say if he saw this, I would say this is the area I think you, you came up short. And let me let me just say, you should have, for content purposes, Jaime Jaquez should be on this list. <laughs> he is. <laughs> okay. I, I, I know you can't really do it. He's doing active roster stuff. I just would have had fun with one of these and just thrown right. a curve on, made everybody hey, go Hey, Nikola Jovic is going off in FIBA. 
Yes, he is. He's making Miami Heat fans say, we don't need actually need to trade this guy for Dave. And Blazer fans getting mad about it. Uh, I, this is easy for me, too. I, I voted Shaden. It's Shaden by a mile. Um, you went Shaden and not Scoot. Yeah, because like I feel like I know what I'm going to get from Scoot. I'm going to get some real highs. I'm going to get some real confidence. And then I'm going to have some lulls. I'm going to question some things. I'm going to be worried about shooting in the future of that. But man, this is a big year for Shaden. Like, Shaden Sharp is maybe one of the two pieces you are looking at building around. Like this is a franchise cornerstone piece. We just th went through a run for a decade where we had one all NBA guy, an all-star and a non all NBA guy and a non all-star. And they just kept saying that this is good enough to win. I want to see the second guy. And I don't even know how the rotation is going to work with ant here still is what's the step Shaden going to take. Like I'm thing we're going to do probably on, on Jack Ramsey's is, what are the numbers that you need to see from Shaden that make you go, oh, I feel great about where this is going? I think those numbers might be a little higher than most people think. I want to see it because there's there's things there and flashes that I love. And then there's moments where I'm kind of like, yo, where's that dog? Like, where is he? He's passive. And also, he's a Toronto-based guy. And I know it's dumb to think about this already, but the most underrated ability by Dame was his loyalty, right? Like he's an amazing basketball player. He loved being here. That kid's from Toronto and there's not a real feel of who knows Shaden Sharp outside of somebody in the organization. I, I don't know. I don't know if he has that relationship with anybody locally here. So I'm working on it. I'm going to try I, to work I, on it. Absolutely. Um, I'm excited to watch him. But so for me, it, it's for him for those reasons. He's kind of the guy they want to build with. You want to see a step, not just a young player continuing to do the same things he's already done. Yeah, I'm kind of with you on that. I think I think I'm more sure about Scoot being what people think Scoot's going to be than I am about Shaden. And I think if Shaden were to take the step that a lot of people think he's going to take, then that's going to change some things about the way that this you know the the next four or five years go question number 10 this is a very th this this is one of the ones where i like i looked at the at the question and i was like yeah i know exactly how this was gonna go should jody allen sell the blazers 88 percent yes 12 percent no come on bro hey, tell me who the 12 percent are they've got to be everybody in the vulcan group right like there's no you think jody and bert were like voting on this or <laughs> Yeah, they had burner phones. They hit up Eric Lewis and say, Eric, what's your password? We need to go vote on this Twitter. I don't need, I mean, you don't even need a burner. Like if they're athletic subscribers, like they You're right. You're right. I come on. Twelve percent of Portland fan really wants Jody to stay owner of the team. It's ridiculous. It's I mean, I, th a... I do think that there's an argument to be made that uh a new owner isn't always like this cure all that people think it's gonna be. But I mean, I think the league would like for there to be new ownership. I think that uh Look, I've never, I've never bought the idea that like, oh, a new owner comes in is going to move them to Seattle or what. Like, I've never thought that that was a real thing. I will say this: I do think that you know, as much as yes, I think it would be better for the organization if there was a more permanent owner who you know wasn't like a trustee or whatever you know the the Vulcan setup is. I do think a lot of the, and I've written this several times. I do think a lot of the, you know fan base saying oh this is all just because jody won't sell the team there's not really a lot to point to about her being a bad owner like i i would not say she's the worst owner in the nba um i'm not convinced she's really the owner but uh that being said like you think it's more burt doing stuff yeah 
Yeah, I, I mean, I, I think I, there's something to that. But. Bert, Bert loves basketball, right? Like, Bert was here with Paul, and he's got all this experience. She's not necessarily a big sports fan. Uh, talked to a dude in Seattle, and he he he's he says it with the utmost confidence. She actually likes and loves football, and, like, basketball is just the secondary thing. So, like, the Seahawks. Which is, like, the and, opposite of, of her brother. Right. Yes. Yes. It's the complete opposite is what I've, what I've heard. Now I, I don't, is that, uh, is that scripture? I don't, I don't know, but I can't speak to it. I don't know Jody at all. I've never met her. So Nobody I does. Really That's speak the to thing, that. Sean. I, I heard her say one word the entire time she's on the team and it was, yeah. To Shane After they drafted, drafted. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Like, I don't know. You could point to other owners who don't talk and we don't know them very well. And, and I've I, I guess said that she should talk. I have, I have made it known to people high up in the organization that if Jody ever wanted to do a real interview, I'll drive up to Seattle anytime to meet up with her. And I haven't really gotten very far with that, but I do think that she would do herself some favors by, I mean, she doesn't have to be out there all the time. I said this last week on the pod with Eric, like, there are some owners like Mark Cuban who are just out there so much and doing so much TV and so many interviews that like they'll say stuff and it'll come back to them. And it's just like, it's actually like detrimental to the organization. You don't need to do that, but you can't do no interview. I mean, she can do no interviews because she can do whatever she wants. There's no rules about the owner being required to talk, but like if you want to change the perception of you, there are ways to do that. Well, yeah, I mean, there definitely is. Uh, sorry, my camera just cut off for some reason. But um, there's definitely ways to do it. But, you know, it's fair or not, like, your record is kind of what you are, right? So, like, they've been pretty awful the last couple years. Mm-hmm. And I I just, I don't know, man. I, I've heard conflicting things. I'm not saying it's it's right or anything, but, like, the power structure within the organization and, like, who outranks who and who's viewing what is what. Like, I think those are interesting. I would acknowledge it's great that she's advanced the international scouting department for Joe. That's a good thing. She's taking on a negative financial thing with this G League remix thing. That's great. But it it doesn't lend itself a lot of confidence when you never see her. She doesn't talk publicly. There's reports she doesn't really understand or care about basketball much. And I just... I don't know, man. I, I tend to believe if if it's Phil Knight and a guy running the Dodgers who are the second best team in the National League, I I would put my money on those people who love sports. And um, I'd rather have that situation, whether it cures all and gets you a title, I, I wouldn't gamble on that. But at least I know it's a guy that has built a football program locally and runs the biggest, you know, sports apparel company in the history of the world that loves sports kind of running it and a local guy too so there's like uh three four good things that i think would be great there yeah i thought i i uh, certainly understand where all that's coming from again i i like i said i don't know jody allen at all so i can't really speak to what she does or doesn't you know how her level of involvement i can only go off of people who work in the organization who have told me positive things about her which conflict with some of the stuff that's out there publicly but again i don't know her i've never met her so i can't really you know speak to it myself but i'm not at all surprised that the fan voting went out the way that it went out so question number 11 there's two more we'll get through these quick uh okay question number 11 how do you feel about jeremy grant's five-year 160 million dollar contract so 17.2 percent said good move he showed he was worth it 44.2 percent said overpay nice player but not a difference maker 
31.6% said confused. How does it fit in the long-term vision? 7% mm. said bad move, not worth it. I mean, to me, those, those last three options are kind of like different ways of phrasing the same thing. Yeah. Um, sorry, I'm, I'm really getting frustrated. I'm trying to get the camera going. I don't know what's happened. But um, yeah, this one was interesting. So like, I understand why you sign him. He's excited to be here. Uh, it's the biggest bag he could have had. But we have two contract extensions now, just evidence with general manager related things. We have two contracts now that like you were bidding against nobody. You bid against yourself and you out, you outspent yourself. Like nobody was giving Jeremy Grant that money. And I think Jeremy Grant's a good player, but I think he's a good player with the right pieces. And so like, it's like and a in, both, in both cases, they were doing a favor to clutch. It was the same agency. And what's that? Like, yeah, I keep hearing that. What's that gotten them? Like, it's just it, do a favor to clutch. Okay, cool. When's clutch going to come back and give us a favor? You know what I mean? Like, I, I think that's kind of where I that's sit done on that. Better, and, that's done them better than some other agencies they've done favors for. No, that no, we no talked doubt. about in the past. <laughs> yeah, I, I'm not saying to alienate clutch, but like four years fully guaranteed for sure. Yusuf Nurkic at a number nobody else was going to give him right. for that no, amount I, of time. Yeah, no, it, I'm with you on that. And and Jeremy's a really good player, so I don't want this to be misconstrued. Very good player, but when you're talking winning and losing in the NBA, I mean Jeremy was the number 1 in Detroit. They were one of the worst teams in the league. I think Jeremy's a very good role player with the right guys around him. Well, he had this, that in Denver. That was kind of the role. He was in the Aaron Gordon spot when he was in Denver that one year and or like he was uh, he was like a good role player on a couple of those Oklahoma City teams yeah, before that. Exactly. And I think that's kind of his optimal point. Uh and so like this team's not going to be good whether he puts up good numbers or mediocre numbers. It's not going to change what right. they are. So you know, I get it, but like also it feels like we're really bidding against ourselves with some of these contract sure. extensions. I don't expect him to be here for the length of that contract, though. So I wasn't as down on the deal as other people were. I think A, so there's three there's three things here. A, you gotta give that money to somebody. Like you got like you have to just get to the salary floor. And if you're gonna go young and you know, you're gonna be building around you know, assuming, you know, Dame is traded at some point, like you you're going to have mostly guys on rookie scale contracts. You got to give that money to somebody. And you also, if you're going super young and, you know, building around like Scoot and Shaden you know, and Chris Murray and whoever, you can't have zero vets on the team. And Jeremy right. is a guy that people like and, you know, likes being here. And like, you know, like I, I, I get it from that standpoint. And I also think that with the cap going up, like I think people saw that number on the page and just like their eyes like bugged out of their heads. Yeah. Because I think people still haven't, fully adjusted to i actually think people have still not fully adjusted to the 2016 tv money increase let alone the one that's going to come along in 25 and like i think that number that like his contract in a couple of years is going to look pretty reasonable so i wasn't like i'm with you on like i don't think it's really gonna move the needle about like oh well they paid jeremy grant this much money they're going to be a title contender now and i would also probably tend to agree with you that he's probably going to get traded at some point but i don't think it's like I, I wouldn't I wouldn't put that in the same I wouldn't put this contract in the same category as like some of those 2016 ones. Yeah, you know what's funny, Sean is like I'm with you on the 2016 thoughts. Uh, we're not looking at necessarily percentages of cap. We're looking right. at just numbers and being blown away. Right. I don't know why. I just I've always had this sticking point in my brain that the Joe Johnson contract still sticks with people. The so one firmly. from the Hawks, the the 2010 <laughs> one. Like the hundred or hundred and twenty million, like yeah. I still think people view these some of these numbers in that light, and it's like, whoa, what? 
And it's like when you break the percentage of the cap down, it's like, well, it's only X percentage now of the cap. And that just for whatever reason, it doesn't seem to be the point. It's more like just seeing the number and be like, what the hell? You paid this much for that guy. And so, like, I use that Joe Johnson point as a pivot point in NBA contracts for people in the way that they view them. Yeah, and I think a lot of people do that as well. Like people see the number on the page and it's 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 taken people a lot of time. Like I think people are smarter about this stuff now than they used to be because I think like the discussion of it has gotten a lot more mainstream. It used to be like this super arcane thing that only like sickos cared about. But now like it gets <laughs> talked about more on like mainstream media outlets, all the salary cap stuff. And so I think people have a better understanding of it. I don't think the Jeremy contract is like good value, but I don't think it's like, one of the worst contracts in the no. league and like this detrimental thing that's going to like, that's, that's, that's kind of where I land on it. Now yeah. question number 12, this is the last one. And I think this is another one where as soon as I saw the question, I knew how it was going to break out. And some of the stuff we talked about, who do you see as the biggest reason for the recent lack of success? 42.8% said ownership. 32.5% said general manager. Uh, 14.7% said underperforming players and 10% said coach. Uh, I kind of think there's a mixed answer there, but I leaned general manager. Now, like, I think the hard thing, again, is not knowing the background of some of this stuff. So if he's going public with, I'm going to build and put all in for Dame, what's, is the ownership group just parroting that or sharing that same feeling? Are they behind the scenes going, ah, I don't know about this. He, he's going to be 33 in four years. And- well, I mean, I'll push back there. I don't think ownership yeah. wants to lose Dame. I don't think ownership wants to, you know, the guy that's been like their most reliable ticket seller and jersey seller for the last 10 years. I don't think ownership is sitting there going, oh, yeah, it'd be great if we traded him sure. for, you know, not a great return. Right, right. But like once you get that third pick, I, right. I think we would know a, a Burt Cole would go, oh, hello. Like, I can't wait to get right. a prospect. No, I can, I can see that. I think... And again, when you're going to say general manager, which general manager are you talking about here? <laughs> like, not to not to beat a dead horse here, but the guy that was there for ten years versus the guy that's been yeah. there for like a year and a half, right? And, and the guy that's been there for a year and a half has spent most of that time untangling a lot of stuff from like. So I mean, it, it's it's a, it's kind of a nuanced thing. I mean, I think yeah. you know, I we talked about the, the, the we talked about the Chauncey thing earlier. I don't think like oh you know if they had a, de- a better coach they would have been a title contender but i also don't think you can point to it and say oh yeah no they're definitely the coach is definitely a plus like it's it's kind of for me it's kind of all of the above yeah i mean it's organizationally it's a, yeah it's a top down failure but let me let me ask you this okay what if he would have done owner Olshay, cronin coach under underperforming players who wins that Oh God! I think Neil wins. I think Neil gets like eighty percent of the vote in that scenario. Okay, just so because think- for, for a lot of the same reason, like the ownership stuff is low hanging fruit for yeah. fans to say, "Oh, it's this guy's fault." I think, I think Neil would have. I think Neil would have gotten like eighty percent of the vote if that was the case. You know, I almost wonder if he should have done either people or moments for answers, like oh. twenty seventeen draft, uh, twenty sixteen yeah. free agency. 2016 free agency, uh, 2021 roster idea that we need to run back the team that lost in six to a depleted Nuggets team. Uh, not trading the way that the coaching and... hire was handled and the search. <laughs> yeah, like, <laughs> I think there's a lot of things you could have put as options there, and, and maybe you go seven or eight deep. I wouldn't have cared. Give me good options, and I, 
would have been interested to see where people voted because you're so limited in these. I, I, I don't know. I, I, it's a combo, I think, to your point. But like, I think I ended up choosing GM. Just it's roster building and sure. you know tear down and rebuild, but not quite the rebuild we thought. I think it's kind of all of the above. Uh, Brandon, you, wh- wh- how do you think this lands? Just pure guess. Like, do you think it happens before the season, the Dame trade, or do you think it goes into the season? Yeah, you know, I. <sighs> I wouldn't fault him for pulling a Maury um, and just saying, you know what? When you're desperate, come call us again. Maybe that's what he does here. I also kind of subscribe personally to the, I, I just thank you, but I, I don't want this. You know, I don't want media day with you. And I don't, it doesn't make any roster sense with you and Scoot, Shaden, like that. What's that log jam and how, how beneficial or even slightly because it's his first year detrimental is that to, to scoot stuff? Like, I'm not saying it's going to cost him the career or anything. I just, I don't like it. I don't like having this circus with the show. You know what I mean? Like there's already a show here. I don't need the side circus here. I'm not saying go take the crappy Miami deal. I think Miami will eventually get their heads out of their, you know, what's Jimmy Butler will say, yo, I'm tapping my wrist, make this happen, get this done. <laughs> and I think they're probably, a difference of what a, a Nikola Jovic and a second round pick difference here, because I, think I don't think they want heroes. So what team will step up and give a draft draft asset for heroes so they can sling that to Portland. I don't think they're as far away as people make it seem. If they were, I think other teams would have stepped in here by now. Uh, but personally, I'd like to see it end before media day. I, I just, I want nothing to do with the circus. It's already a clown show right now. So Get past this and just start fresh. Start anew. Come out. Don't do the letter O in the intro. Do Ant. Do Scoot. Do whoever. And let the new guys just kind of start. I personally would like to see it end before media day just so that it doesn't drag into the season. I don't think it's going to. I think it is going to go into the season unless something changes. But I don't know. We'll see how it lands.